This is why small business matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme. Welcome to this episode of Why Small Business Matters. My name is Sarah Stevenson and I'm part of the team at Northumbria University working with hundreds of small and medium-sized businesses. Today I'm joined by an old student of Northumbria University who's gone on to work with the incubator at the Business Clinic and we're going to hear about how he has been supported by the services at the university to start and scale his business. Mark Rennie is the founder and CEO of Wobble U, a software company based in North Tyneside. And welcome also to Graham Beatty, who's the Head of Student and Graduate Enterprise at Northumbria University. Welcome today um, on Why Small Business Matters. We're talking all things entrepreneurship. Mark, can we start with you? Do you want to just give us a bit of background about who you are and uh, what your business does? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Sarah. So, yeah, my name is Mark Rennie. I run a business called W, and uh, W is like a like a software and tech company. So we, we empower scaling businesses to grow more quickly and solve challenges by leveraging technology. Um, and we do that in two ways, really. So it's technical consultancy to help them understand how to use tech and software development to basically plug the gaps, like build custom software where there's nothing off the shelf to do that naturally. Um, yeah, so that's, that's us. Graduated Northumbria University in 2011. It's actually started the business here as well. Uh, so quite a quite an apt conversation we'll have today, I'm sure. That makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll hear a little bit more about um, how you set the business up and uh, and a bit more about the being incubator that I believe Graham will uh, talk about about as well. So, Graham, just give us a bit of background about what it is you do and how you help uh, graduates to set up businesses. My role at the university, I'm responsible. Uh, well, one of the teams I'm responsible for is the student and graduate enterprise team. And the university has a remit to provide support to any current registered student or any recent graduate in terms of helping them and assisting them through and into um, self-employment and or business startup um, as an alternative career path to the standard sort of graduate model, if you like. Um, so we provide a raft of support around that from having our own dedicated um, co-working space, the incubator, where Mark and I are based today. Um, so we have that as a facility for our students and graduates to use completely free of charge. And then around that, we provide complete wraparound support to anyone who wants to develop their idea for self-employment or business startups. So we do some of that internally as a team, so working with the individuals to develop their ideas. But then we also have an external group of specialist advisors whose support and expertise that we draw upon extensively in supporting those students and graduates with their ideas in, in terms of self-employment and startup. And that support that we provide, Sarah, is not just to get these guys to the initial point of starting trading, it's then to take them through, ideally through the first two or three years, to try and get to them to the point where they're, they're, they're on a sustainable footing for the longer term. Um, with the best will in the world, lots of people can do startup support, it's a much harder um, journey to get them through those first three years but if we can do that and get them successfully through that um, their success rates beyond three years are, are really quite high of them maintaining them and securing the business and securing the trading base for the longer term so that's the work that we do we do some other work around enterprise skills development and other things in terms of extra and co-curricular activity as well as some working with academic colleagues in embedding enterprise in the curriculum so that's my 
or one of my roles, one of my hats. Fantastic. Um, Mark, tell us a little bit about your initial ideas. How, how did this come about? How did you meet Graham? How did you think about setting up a software business? It was, a, I guess, a strange sort of time of my life because I guess it was 2009, end of 2009, and it was a sandwich course, computer science. Um, and, the, you know, we, we had to go and find out where you're in industry. And frankly, the job market was just like kind of crap at the time. You know, there wasn't really many options. It was all pretty like low paid and none of it really sort of appealed to me. So at the time I was thinking, you know what, I'm just going to go on and do my third year finish off my course and then go and figure out what I'm going to do in life. Um, and, uh, you know, that didn't sound very appealing either, to be honest. And I was just walking through sort of pan and basements and like a leaflet stuck to my shoe and it was it was for the incubator scheme. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of something along the lines of, you know, like the message was basically like starting a business as an option as well. And I was like, ah, cool. Um, so, you know, one of the other guys on my course, Mike, um, I started the business with and since bought out, you know, we spoke about that and, you know, thought, well, actually, you know, if we're going to spend a year of our life doing something, you know, we might as well try that rather than, um, rather than going working for someone else. So, so that's what we did. Um, in that first year, made far less than we would have on internships. <laughs> um, but, you know, after, after we did it, we sort of realized, well, actually, there's a viable business. Yeah, you know, we can, we can grow something here, which is like something that we, that we build and foster. Um, and that's what it sort of went on to be, you know. And do you think that it was the confidence of youth doing it at that age? I don't know, how old were you then, 19, 20, thinking, oh, I can do this, I'll just give it a go? Yeah, I think there's um, I think there's something you sort of lose and maybe rekindle as you get older in terms of that, like, um, I don't know what it's called, the, the naivety, I guess, of like how how hard things are and like you know what what the the risks are on things. But yeah, I think like I think that naivety was something to do with it. You know, I think as you get um, older, like things like that get more difficult to do, especially as you sort of like have responsibility and whatnot. So yeah, I think it's like a great time to start a business. So you decide you want to start a business, and then you find this leaflet. What happened next? <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess we ended up speaking with you, Graham, and we, we had that conversation in the Wynn Jones building at the time. Um, and, you know, we, we were sort of thinking about what we want to do as a business, settled on web design at the time, which we don't do now. Um, and we, we were actually called Jigsaw Visions then as well. We realized that was a crap name. Um, switched to Wubbly instead. Um, yeah, and from there, it was just sort of like, you know, we got a ton of support from from Graham in the university, so got all our business cards printed, office space, um, you know, access to just like this, like just like amazing sort of people. You know, some of some of the people I still speak with, you know, John McRae's just outside. Um, you know, I've I've known him since the start of Wobbly because he helped us out with marketing like like twelve years ago. So, you know, like all of that, is, as sort of Graham was saying, it's like it takes a lot of like the the fundamental difficulties away from sort of like growing a business in the early stage. So that's that's what we did there, you know. And Graham, can we can we just talk a little bit about um, your support and the importance and scale uh, of startups and scale ups for the region? I mean, you said that as an alternative, perhaps to traditional grad routes. Why is it important to support startups and students setting up on their own? Yeah, when when we first started out as a university, so a little bit of the history of Northumbria. Northumbria hadn't really done anything around real dedicated support to self-employment and startup 
Sarah, prior to 2004, 2003, 2004. Um, one of my colleagues who I worked with then, who was a guy called Roger Candy, um, it was Roger and I who helped set up the service, but we worked on a, a sub-regional project with both Newcastle and Sunderland universities on something called New Ventures, and we brought in some uh, European funding um, to support initially um, building or trying to build a support system to, to, to assist students and graduates into self-employment. And the whole premise around that was, well, two things really. One, to try and address historically low um, business startup rates in the Northeast. And if we thought there's lots of talented graduates coming out of, of Northumbria University, but also the other two universities I mentioned as well, then can we um, provide a mechanism for them to, to stay in the region and to hopefully grow and scale those businesses and provide employment opportunities, um, not just for the wider region, but also thinking selfishly about Northumbria graduates as well. Um, you know, So trying to maintain those relationships with the businesses for the longer term. Um, but also it was, and we still face this as a region to an extent, um, that we had a lot of graduates coming to the region staying in the region to be educated through the AGIs here, but then obviously leaving the region to go find empl employment opportunities, graduate employment opportunities elsewhere. And so um, the premise of the project was also to try and address that that issue and try and retain more graduates. And by default, by the creating those businesses, again, if some of them go on and grow and scale, they will create, hopefully, high quality uh, job opportunities for the future and therefore be able to um, take on graduates um, from Northeast universities and so on. So the whole thing becomes fairly cyclical. Um, so that was the aim and the premise, and that has very much became the aim uh, for the long term for the university. Uh, it took a few years, I think it's fair to say, for us to um, to build a groundswell and to build that support and for the university to fully buy into what we were trying to do. But in the last 10 years or so, so the university has fully supported us and, it's, uh, and is looking to continue to to grow this uh, the service and the support that we provide. And Mark, once you were set up in business and, and you were trading and so forth, what continued support did you receive or continue to receive now, maybe? You know, this, some of the stuff you do, Graham, and invite um, like all of the sort of alumni, mm -hmm. alumni of this service too, I think it's really important. Like, like the get-togethers, I think, you know, like meeting people who are on various stages of their own sort of journey who are, you know, um, respectively sort of in front of or, or behind maybe where where you are and I think like like speaking with other people who are like on that journey and who are sort of facing the same challenges is really helpful as well because I think you know a lot of a lot of scaling businesses face the same challenges fundamentally and you know being able to see people who are facing them or solve them actually gives a lot of perspective to one's own situation you know so that's that's really helpful and just like other opportunities as well so like opportunities to sort of speak in and give back in places. Um, Graham's very kindly put a logo on the wall in here. <laughs> so Mark, can we can we focus a little bit on Wobble You now? Um, tell me a little bit how about the challenges that you're facing as a business. Obviously, there, there's an awful lot in the news at the moment about recruitment and retention and um, various other challenges you might be facing. Yeah, I think like this, the same challenges we'll face as like any other sort of scale in business, which is like, um, you know, constantly sort of dealing with new things and the usual sort of firefighting stuff. But I think what's, what's maybe a little different and getting more challenging is, is definitely recruitment and, and staffing. You know, it seems like there's, um, 
I think it's very much like an employee's market for anyone sort of technical at the minute. Um, you know, and I think that's great for the industry itself, but it's obviously a challenge for small, smallish tech businesses. Um, you know, so I'd say, I'd say that's, that's probably our primary sort of challenge right now, Sarah. Are you, are you managing to recruit graduates from universities locally or how's that working? Yeah, so, um, you know, we you know, we still manage to sort of recruit. So um, apprenticeships and we're, we're looking at an internship with Northumbria University right now. So we've got something sort of going through that for an associate BA, uh, business analyst role, which is really cool. Um, you know, so we, so there is ways around it. It just, it just takes more patience and takes more time, you know. Of course. And what plans do you have for the future of your business? Um, I like the fact that you you talk about um, you know you're solving challenges for for other businesses. Yeah, so we're um, uh, eleven people now, um, or will be at the end of this month. And we're, my my objective really is to to get to a business of circa sort of twenty five ish people, and um, but not like at any cost. You know, it's got to be through. It's got to be through like doing things properly, doing th- you know delivering value for clients. I think it's got to it's got to focus on that. You know, growth at any cost. I think is dangerous. Um, and it, you know, the reason I want to do that is just to make sure we've got just something which is sustainable and we can deliver like the value we deliver at just like a larger scale. Um, you know, we can just get more done. So, so that's my objective. Um, and just like branch out a bit. You know, so do a lot of technical consultancy and software at the minute. And I'd like to understand like how we can sort of create more offerings around those sort of core services just so we can deliver you know further value to our clients that way as well um so ultimately like growth is on the horizon for us and can i just ask about your own growth as a leader obviously your business is growing um how do you feel about your own skills to lead and manage your business going forward uh, i think like <clears throat> i think like one of the symptoms of growth is constantly understanding like where you're inadequate in in various areas and sort of where you've where you've grown. I think, you know, you notice this as a software developer a lot, you know, you open an old code base and sort of look at it in disgust for, you know, for how, for how you would do things differently now. And I think like when you reflect on your own skill set sometimes and your interactions like that can be the same sort of way. But I think that's a really positive thing, you know, so I think, um, you know, something I've learned especially is that it's like someone who's very technically you know, the way I would sort of tackle things like when I was sort of like younger in the business would be um, just different. You know, like now it's, I think you go from like something where being capable from a technical perspective is not really the right skill set for growing a business. Like it, it really helps growing a tech business, but it's more about like that's all like um, sort of like understanding people looking for win-wins, empathy, you know, aligning people behind a vision. And those are the sort of things which start to become really important, you know, focusing on what you can control and releasing sort of like anxiety from the things that you can't control. I think, you know, because there's so much on your plate. So it's like stuff like that. I think like I've certainly realized that that's like an ongoing journey and something I'm sort of pursuing. Um, and things I wouldn't have even considered when we started the business, you know, didn't even realise that those things were things. And and where do you look for support in that growth journey as a leader? Um, you know, the the people, the people around me, um, I think help a lot. So, you know, mentors and you know people in my team for advice as well. Um, Graham, um, you know, when the when the times right, and like I, I read a lot as well. You know, um, watch YouTube videos of people who. It was sort of also on this journey. Um, 
I think there's a lot you can, you know, you can consume like 20 years worth of knowledge in a book, you know, so I like, I really like to read. One thing that Mark's done very successfully, I think, in the last few years is really build up this external network of mentors outside of what I would say we've provided to an extent or people that I've introduced through the university and supporters and mentors and things like that. But Mark's really start to um, build up his, his network through association with the North Tyneside Business Forum, with Paul Lancaster and people like that involved in Startup Week in Newcastle and so on. So um, clearly as you look to grow and develop the, the business and develop his vision for the business, I think there's been probably quite a lot of influential conversations from people like that, which I think have been really useful for him. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Graham. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, I think like, you know, there are people in the networks who have like had like fundamental impacts on the way I think of, you know, things that the business have done. You know, it's it's amazing, like what a small conversation, a networking event can turn into a few pints at a pub and turn into something which is like a tangible change in life or business. Um, yes, yeah, so it's certainly positive influence. That's something we talk a lot about on the podcast is um, networking and having those casual conversations that potentially could lead to something in the future. I think that's um, yeah something that comes up a lot. I'd like to understand a bit about how you're building a resilient business at the moment. There's a, a lot of talk about making business sustainable and looking not necessarily for productivity growth, but um, more around making it a resilient business for the future. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a challenge in prospects because I think like resilience comes in multiple forms as well. Like there's resilience to like change in the, in the market. There's like resilience like in productivity in that like if you stand still, you're going backwards. You know, with the rate that technology is moving, so it's almost like spinning, spinning plates there. You know, like from our perspective, you know, I constantly feel like I'm trying to look forward to see okay, like where where is like tech going to supersede what we do as a service now? You know, like web design sort of like, um, you know, you can get moved in about 2014 for like adverts on telly for one and one for websites for like four quid a month. You know, I sort of realized at that point, well, you know, websites in the form that we do them are done. We've got to get out of this like very quickly and find something else. And that's why we focus on custom software. You know, so I think there's that side of things like looking forward in that respect, especially in tech, but also like, um, you know, how do you build like a resilient team? How do you build a culture which is like strong and it's not like, you know, not like pool tables and plants and pines, but like, you know, like fair pay, um, you know, like psychological safety, you know, having an environment where people feel they can thrive. And I, like, I think those things are like the building blocks of a resilient business, but just take a lot of time to achieve and maintain, you know? Um, so I guess there's a bit of a ramble, but that's sort of my sort of general thoughts on the topic. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme, delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their business's performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. 
The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the program, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realize its potential. To find out more about the program, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. I'm Sarah Stevenson and today we're joined by Mark Rennie, founder and CEO of Wobbly, a software company, and Graham Beatty, the head of student and graduate enterprise at Northumbria University. What about remote working? How did... How does your business function? Do you, do you have people all in the office or do you have a flexible working policy? Yeah, I mean, we're fully remote at the minute. Um, so we don't, we, don't really, we don't even have an office. So everyone's distributed sort of around the northeast and uh, a couple of people sort of distributed abroad as well. Um, I think we'll, we'll look to be like remote first. So we'll get an office at some point, but it's like for collaboration, not like sort of congregation. We just go there when it makes sense or if people want to be there. Um, there's not like force people there, you know. Um, I think it's like an interesting topic because you've got com- big companies like Apple and Google forcing people back into the office for a few days a week. And, you know, they're not stupid. Like, you know, they're multi-billion dollar companies. So it's like, what do they know that sort of I don't here? Um, but, you know, I can only focus on what I can control. And that's, that's remote first eventually. You haven't had people who work for you saying actually I'd really like to go back to an office environment I don't want to use my own electricity at home I want to come and use yours <laughs> it's a bit of a mixed bag like I think um I think being really generalist here right like technical people tend to be quite introverted and quite like you know don't mind sitting at home but you know through the interview process and like you know interviewing different types of people you know people have said that you know, like I had someone say to me the other day during an interview, like, do you not get bored sitting at home like all day? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. Um, you know, which is why I come out and come to places like, you know, the incubator in Northumbria. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I, th- I think we'll be, we will be sort of like um, harangued into getting a, some office space at some point. So the people who want to congregate can. Graham, um, can you just tell me a little bit about the importance of bringing some of your alumni back into the university? You know, what role can Mark and um, other alumni play in helping sow the seed, really, if, with, with graduates? So this is a viable option. Yeah, Mark touched on this a little bit earlier, Sarah, and there's two or three ways that we try to do that. Mark mentioned, first of all, we've always tried to run... Um, sort of get-together social events twice a year. We always do that when we had a, a more limited team, smaller team um, than we do now. That was only twice a year, but there was always value, I thought, in bringing together those guys who were coming through with new ideas and just showing, displaying a healthy interest in all things enterprise and entrepreneurship through to guys like Mark and, and those beyond, you know, the cohort before Mark, so thinking about the Brett Jacobsons and people like that of this world. Um, bringing those guys together in the same room. They're inspiring one another is obviously a huge thing. Um, just that sharing of knowledge, contacts, giving people the confidence that you can have a go at doing this in a safe environment, in safe surroundings, for largely a minimal amount of money. You can have a go at it. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. 
Worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, you can go and find graduate employment. So there was an awful lot of those conversations shared and still are to this day. We ran a social event recently. But we're trying to build upon that and we do much more of those networking events now because we've got the, the facility and the space to be able to do that, which is fantastic, obviously. Um, Mark and, and other alumni are encouraged to come in and use the incubator as and when they would like to. If they need to use the meeting room space, the, the, the um, space that we're currently sat in, the boardroom. Um, if they've got, you know, if they've got a couple of other meetings in town, they just need somewhere to touch down for an hour or so, then they're very much encouraged to do that because, again, that knowledge that they can impart and chat to the guys who are resident here and using the space on a regular basis is invaluable. And again, shared connections and contacts and everything that come from that. And I think we also try to, and we've done this pretty much since day one, is encourage our student graduate entrepreneurs who, who've gone through that process of startup, etc if they're willing to, to come back and do some interventions in the curriculum as well, or at co-curricular events, extracurricular events, and really get them involved in that. So I know academics like uh, colleagues of yours, like Steve Ball and things like that, draw heavily upon our graduate entrepreneurs to come in and influence and talk to um, students in each academic year coming through and, and just get them, Mark and others, to, to share their experiences and what they've gone through, why they chose that path, etc. You know, when you start, when you like, I started a new business a little, little while ago, and it's like the amount of stuff that you have to do to to do that is like, you know, there's, there's a lot, and I sort of like know what I'm doing. Like when you're in a position where this is the first time you're doing it, and then you've got to like figure out how to to sell, you know, interact with other people in like a, a commercial way, and like all of that other stuff, like network. It's like you know, there's a lot, and I think what the hatchery does really well it takes a lot of that base stuff away. You know, I think you know, you set you facilitated like the limited company set up for us, you know, so all of that stuff was sorted, all our business cards were sorted, et cetera. And all we had to really focus on at that point was the, you know, the selling bit and learning how to grow ourselves rather than like all of like the, the core business stuff. So that, that safe element and, you know, removing the, the base sort of challenges around that, I think is hugely important. It's a heck of a challenging thing to do isn't for anyone to start a business at any point in life, but particularly to do it, whether as a student still through a placement year, as Mark and Mike um, did, um, or, or even straight after graduation. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And if we can just provide some assistance around that, just as we assist other graduates into employment through providing opportunities with employers, etc., then I'm a huge believer in that's what we should do. And the kudos that we get as an institution from that is massive. Uh, and... You know, I know Mark and many other businesses besides have gone on to look to recruit interns and take on graduates from the universities. So it just goes full circle in terms of what we're trying to achieve, which is which is fantastic to be a part of. I'm interested to know, I mean, the, the support provided at that initial stage sounds fantastic. And I'm just wondering now, Mark, when 10, 12 years later, um, you're employing a whole team of people in your business. How do you go from that startup entrepreneur to the leader of a business you know you you've worn all the hats you've been the salesman you've been the admin person the finance guy the tech expert because that's your business um at what point do you say i can't do all those roles anymore i I think there's like a there's a personal challenge around that that i think like business owners tend to learn in their own way because i think you know, in, in that process, it's it's easy to try and hang on to things. You know, I can do this better and faster. Um, you know, 
than, than training someone else to do it. And I think like that mindset in itself is, is quite challenging. You're like learning to let go of things, you know, it, although I can do it better, you know, I'm not going to scale the business if I try and do everything myself. Um, you know, for me, it's like, I have a, a sort of cycle that I try and follow where it's like, get something working, document it, and then try and hand it off to someone else. And then that's, that's just like, that cycle is how I try and grow things. You know, in reality, scaling a business is really messy. So, you know, someone's off six or suddenly you're doing it again, or, uh, you know, it's really easy to get dragged back into it. Um, but I, I don't think that changes, you know, I think it's like, I think it's a constant thing, you know, so my, the, my main focus now is sales and growth, but I still get dragged back into the delivery sometimes. Um, you know, COVID, um, hasn't helped that much, you know, when suddenly you've got a couple of team members off. Um, yeah, so I'd say like, it's, it's a constant sort of challenge, but I think people who are scaling businesses really like me, be mindful of it. Like, you know, in the long term, you've got to figure out how to get that stuff off your plate. Mark, tell us a little bit about how you can help respond to client needs. Yeah, so there's there's two ways really, right? So you know, typical typical sort of scaling business, right? Really understands their own challenges and what it is they do, right? So if you take a manufacturer, you know, like probably like the the person running the business and the whole team are like excellent manufacturing whatever it is a manufacturer, um, and you probably grown a multi million pound business off the back of that. But where they really struggle is to understand how to leverage technology to empower their own growth and solve their own challenges. You know, I think from research I've done, about 90% of scaling businesses don't have any technical experience in the leadership team. You know, so how are they going to drive forward tech in their own business? And that's fundamentally where, where we step in from a consultancy perspective. You know, we can plug that gap. We can help them we can help them turn their own objectives and challenges into a technical strategy that we can work with them to drive forward. So, you know, what might that, what that might look like is, you know, the core bit of their business, which is delivering their product or their services, you know, heavily relying on Excel or paper or, um, you know, some agent technology. And it's how do we, how do we replace that with something which is more resilient and, and future proof and ultimately is going to deliver return on investment for their business. Um, and then the software development side of things as well. So, you know, if, if you've got an idea or a challenge in your business, which can't be solved with off the shelf software, we'll build that, you know, so we build software for the likes of the department for education for the national apprenticeship awards. That whole platform is, is a platform we've built over sort of four or five years, um, and various sort of like internal tools and business intelligence systems for, for clients, um, as well, typically returning somewhere between sort of like 300 and 800% return on investment um, on the on the work that we do with them, um, either through sort of increased revenue or um, or cost saved. You know, so you can quantify this as well. It's, quantify this and what's the stress reduction look like in the business and how is it going to ultimately, you know, rationally generate return on investment to make it worthwhile. You've shared a lot of advice today in our conversation, but I'd like to finish with a couple of tips that you can share with graduates and with business owners who are perhaps in in uh, not quite at your stage who are wanting to scale their business what would you advise let's start off with you mark um i think like for graduates like um reflect on my own situation and when we started 
the business like there's never a better time to do it I think than like when you're sort of like in or finishing uni you know looking at my own situation like I had I had like no responsibility the risk was like really low if it failed you know there's there's not a whole lot that could have gone wrong that I couldn't like recover from so you know I think it gets harder as you as you get older and you, you buy a house and you have children and whatnot so I think there's never a better time than when you're at university to start a business. Um, I think like scaling a business, I think, you know, if, you, if you're sort of on that journey, like I think you really get like smacked around sometimes by, by your environment. And I think like mindset and how you sort of approach things is really important, you know, like focus on the things you can control. Um, anything you can't control, like don't let it create anxiety because I think it's really easy to, you know, uh, dwell on, um, you know, an, an email you've had or a conversation that you need to have, you know, it's, I think, just focus on the stuff which you can control and don't get anxious about the rest of it. <laughs> um, that's what I've learned, you know, surprisingly recently as well. Great advice. Uh, Graham, can I ask you what you would, some tips that you'd share? The single biggest thing is for people not to assume that there's a market, there's a customer, that there's a need for what there is that they're looking to do. So test and validate what it is that they're going to do. Don't write a business plan. Please, 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 on the early stages, do not write a business plan. It's not necessary. It might never, ever be necessary, depending upon your financial position. Um, so test and validate. Get as much research done as you possibly can about identifying who your customer is um, and what ulti- ultimately do they want your service and what will they be willing to, give it, willing to uh, pay for it more that they can do that, then the much better chance you have of got success. And the other thing I would say is seek support. Don't think, particularly if you're a sole founder, it's incredibly challenging uh, to do this on your own. Seek the support through whichever agency, whichever university that might be. There's, there's lots of wonderful people here in the Northeast who, once you get to know the business community, people are very, very supportive. And I suspect Marcus found this on his. That's that people are always, particularly if they've been successful, they will always be willing to share a positive note, some views, some ideas, a shared contact, whatever that might be, that will just benefit you in some small way. Even a conversation over a cup of coffee once a month to share your problems um, can be incredibly valuable. So um, it is, it's seeking that support um, through various mechanisms, I think is it's the most valuable thing to do. That's great advice. Brilliant. Thank you both very much. Pleasure, Sarah. No problem at all. Nice to see you. Thanks to Mark Rennie from Wobble U and Graham Beatty from Northumbria University. If you'd like to find out more about business support and listen to more episodes in the series, including our live event from the Baltic recently, please head to northumbria.ac.uk forward slash help to grow.